kind of have a, a shorter message for you today as we close out our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I would encourage you, if you've stepped into the 21 days of prayer and fasting over these last few weeks, um, it's not just, hey, we made it, and you're like crossing the finish line. What you're really doing is saying, hey, I've seen how God really does work in my life when I seek him first. When I put him first and take a break from these other things and I spend time praying and in my word, not in God's word in the Bible, not because I have to, because I get to and I'm building a relationship, man, it is a great catapult into the new year. It is a great, it's great things to keep doing. I've realized that maybe I don't need to binge watch as much streaming shows as I do. I've realized that maybe I do need to get more in control over my time so I can start the morning with God in prayer through the My 15, which is five minutes of God's word, five minutes of prayer, and five minutes of worship. And I've realized that I just don't wanna stop doing those things. I wanna let today be a fresh start for new habits and the new way I'm approaching my life. The title of the message today really builds on that. And the title of today's message is From Now On. As I was telling the team earlier, this title really reminds me of a movie that took over the world a few years ago, The Greatest Showman. I remember going to that movie. It's a movie about P.T. Barnum, who started Barnum and Bailey's Circus, and it's all about how his desire was to create something spectacular that would bring unforgettable moments where people would laugh and cry and be in awe, and it's got just some beautiful music in it. I mean, like you're clapping and stomping your feet and singing. It was such a popular musical movie, they even re-released it with like the lyrics on the screen, and it was called like The Greatest Showman Sing-Along. I would not personally enjoy that, but maybe you would when they do that. But there's a, the closing song is called From Now On. And this idea of for so long, P.T. Barnum in the movie, I mean, I don't know how historically accurate it is, but lived just to get on stage, lived just to perform, just to be successful and be famous and make money. And at the end of getting all that, he realized he had lost his family and lost who he was. And he sings this, I mean, it's Hugh Jackman, I mean, come on. He sings this beautiful song, From Now On, where he says, hey, from now on, it's gonna be different. From now on, I'm approaching life completely differently. From now on, I know that I have, I've had all that and it didn't fulfill me. And I lost the thing I couldn't stand losing, who I was and my family. And I want to tell you today that today could be a from now on day for you. That from now on, things can and will be different. That from now on, you're gonna approach God and what you know about him in a different way. Maybe you call local city home, maybe it's your first time. I want you to know today how we approach God is so important in our life. I want you to know, I want you to know today that we can approach God because he is our loving heavenly father. You can freely approach God because Jesus made a way for you when he gave his life and conquered death for me and you. From now on, things are gonna be different. From now on, I'm gonna seek God first. From now on, I'm gonna give God and give his church a chance in my life because I know I can't do it alone. I started this whole collection of talks with a story from Matthew, and I'm actually gonna finish the talks with this story from Matthew chapter nine, uh, start, starting in verse nine through 13, it says this. Passing along, Jesus saw a man at his work collecting taxes. His name was Matthew. Jesus said, come along with me. Matthew stood up and followed him. And later, when, when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit. Now, my child has a fit. These are adults. They're having a fit because of what Jesus is doing. 
I love what it says. And they lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher? Acting cozy with crooks and misfits. I love the message version. (laughs) Jesus overhearing shot back, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Now what you see here is a story of a guy named Matthew. Matthew was a Jewish guy who, in his life, everything was about the temple. Everything was about religious ceremony. Everything was about following the religious rabbi in town. And somewhere along Matthew's life, either he wasn't good enough or smart enough or just something happened, he wasn't from a good enough house, where he was not selected into training in the the rabbinical way of, of Judaism and the culture at that time. And so this led him to feel betrayed and broken. And what he did was he betrayed his own people. Tax collectors at this time were employed by the Roman Empire, and they had freedom to steal from people. They could literally sit on the side of the road in their booth and say, that guy hasn't paid taxes, and Roman soldiers would beat him up or throw him in jail away from his family simply because he said he hadn't paid his taxes. I'm kind of glad we don't live in a world like that anymore. And Matthew dedicated his whole life now to hurting the people who had hurt him. And he sat in this booth, in this tax collector booth that we're going to talk about in a second that represented all of that. But Jesus stepped right by him one day. I love it. It says Jesus was passing along and said, hey, why don't you come along with me? And immediately, Matthew gets up and follows Jesus. Today, as we jump into this message, from now on, I want you to know Jesus is passing along right now in this moment. And he's saying, hey, it's time to get up out of your hurt out of your brokenness, out of your unbelief, out of your discomfort, and simply come follow me. I got a lot of issues, though. I I don't know if I believe all this. Hey, it's okay. Just come follow me. And Matthew did that immediately. And he invites some friends into his house. His friends were not the best kind of people. I love that it says they were disreputable characters, meaning we got some thieves, some, some villains, some cronies, all up in this place. And the Pharisees are like, what is Jesus doing hanging out with this people. What kind of example is this? I would encourage you today, the exact kind of example that we're supposed to live as followers of Jesus. Amongst the broken, helping them see Jesus. What Matthew did is what we do. We open up our house, we open up our lives so people can clearly see who Jesus is. And the last line is really, for those of us who are believers here, the last line is really, that, is really for us, is that I'm not here to invite, I'm, not, I'm here to invite insiders, I'm not here to coddle the insiders. I'm here to invite the outsiders, not coddle insiders. Thing is, we live for the people who don't know Jesus yet. We live for the people who need the message that we're talking about. We live for the empty seat next to us for our coworker or family member or friend that needs to hear there is always hope and hope has a name and that name is Jesus. And we're not here to be coddled. Like I have a three and a half year old son. Like if I just keep him inside his entire life and coddle him, that is not being a good parent. That is not following the way I have been instructed to lead as a father or as a husband. But I have to remind my son, Shepard, that he is called. That one day he's going to have to step out of this house and begin to make decisions on his own and stretch and grow and learn that life is difficult, but learn that God is big and on his side. He's going to have to understand that he can walk through difficult situations one step after the other. He needs to understand that, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow and death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. See, for us, we have to realize God is not trying to coddle us and hold us all together. He's trying to call us into something more. 
And sometimes that something more is difficult, stretching, and growing, but it's worth it. So we step into this today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me because I just want to open our hearts today as we, as we step into the message. God, I pray this morning that you would help us be just like Matthew. And as Jesus says, come along with me, we would simply say yes and follow you. God, be with everyone in this room, everyone watching online. Help us listen and lean in. Be with all our amazing kids and local city kids right now as they fall in love with Jesus and have fun at church. Be with our team out there. I gotta pray for, for the lives we were, that were baptized today, for the young families that were dedicated today. We just trust you, and we believe it. From now on, in Jesus' name, we all say amen. Well, it's been amazing in our house recently. Like I said, our son, Shepard, he's three and a half, almost four now. He's gonna be four in March, which simply can't believe that. Um, But he's finding out new things that he just loves to do. And he's gotta do them. If you get in his way, when he's trying to do something that's new and something that he loves, it's not gonna be good. Remember how I said the Pharisees were throwing a fit? Well, I know what throwing a fit looks like in our house, right? And when Shepard is not able to do something he likes or the new thing he's learned how to do, because he just loves the new. He loves doing something new that he couldn't do before. He loves stepping into something that he wasn't able to do before and then showing people and showing us. This was a new one that he showed me yesterday at Target that he loves doing. He loves riding on the front of the the little cart like that. When we walked in, I was grabbing the cart and I'm making sure it's wiped down because who knows what kind of germs and infestation is on those things. But I was making sure it was wiped down, ready to go. And I was just pushing it down the aisle and Trevor was like, wait, daddy, wait. I was like, oh, do you want to get inside? He's like, no, no, I want to I wanna hang on on the front. I was like, have you ever done that before? I don't think you've ever done this before. He's like, no, no, but I want to do it. And I was like, okay. So we hopped on, and, you know, that picture doesn't convey how happy he was. But he was super excited to be there. And, man, he told every single person we rode by in Target, hey, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. And they're like, yeah, cool. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, people aren't that nice sometimes, so it's okay. I, I see you. It's awesome. And he was so excited to be riding this way, and he rode that way the entire time. He was so well-behaved. It was a new thing he had never done before that he was excited to do. Here's another one in our house. Him and Adrian have been doing a lot of this recently, not during the fast, obviously. Um, but he's, he's been baking brownies and muffins, and Shepard loves, he, we had, he had never made brownies before, before this time, only muffins. And like, okay, muffins, yeah, let's do some brownies in the house, all right? And he wanted to, when Adrian told him he could sprinkle M&Ms in them, it was like, oh, it was like a miracle happened in our house. What, brownies and M&Ms can go together? Yes, buddy, it's amazing what you can do as you grow up. And so he started to sprinkle those in and he would say something like, you know, before the batter was done in that mixing bowl down at the bottom, he'd, he'd like to get the little spoon and go mix, 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 mix. He's a funny kid. And he loves to do that. Now him and Adrian bake all the time. It's stepping into something new. Well, I want you to know today that the same excitement is available for you, and I think we need to approach it sometimes like our three-year-old children do. So excited to be able to do something new in our life. And for us as believers, as people who are seeking Jesus, as we're, being, as we're in church today, the new thing that we can do is trust God and see him move in our life like never before. The thing that we can do in 2022 is see new things happen in our life from now on because of our trust in Jesus and our belief that God truly does know what he's doing. I love this verse from the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter six. It says this, don't be misled. Woo, I like that. I love that Paul, he gets to the point sometimes. Hey, people are trying to lie to you. The world is trying to distract you. The enemy that we call Satan, the devil, he's trying to destroy you. 
So don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. This is huge right here. You will always harvest what you plant. Another way to say it is you will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live, love that that's bolded, to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. My goal for you today is to not be misled. My goal for you today is for 2022 to begin to sow good things into the things of God, to begin to sow things that you want to harvest later on. See, what's interesting about this verse is it says that those who live to only satisfy the sinful nature. Now, uh, our first approach to that may think, just evil things that people do, hurting others or saying unkind things or just being those social media trolls that we all know and love, right? Like, well, okay, well, I don't do that, but really what is sin? Anything that's outside of God, anything that is against the way what God has created to be the actual life we're supposed to live. So yes, sin may not be evil things, but sometimes there's sin of omission as well. There's sins of commission, things that we do, and then sins of omission as well, meaning things that we just forget. It's when we as good followers of Jesus forget to do good things. In the sense of all our focus is building what we desire. All our focus is building what the world has told us is success. All our energy is put into things that are easy, that things that we can control. And it's an interesting way to approach it. What I would encourage you today is to begin to sow into things that are simply saying, God, here I am. I just want to be, I want to live that full life you created me for. God, I want to sow into the things that are yours so that I can harvest and reap truly good things. See, the thing is, if we sow and invest everything into earthly things, it will die. But if we sow and invest into things that are eternal, we'll be celebrating those things for thousands of years to come the lives that have been changed through churches we've planted, the lives and families that are now saved because of buildings that we're building in Africa and all over the world and feeding kids with the good news of Jesus. Paul is reminding the Galatians because what they were always doing was going back and forth between this idea that it's all about knowledge and doing rather than simply having a relationship and receiving. See, I'm not encouraging you to do more. I'm encouraging you to understand who you are and what God has for you, and put the right things into, into your year. Remember how I talked about Shepherd loves to, you know, mix, 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 mix? It's the cutest thing. I'll probably video it and put it back on, on Instagram story soon because I'm back on Instagram after today, all right? And he just loves to put all those ingredients in and, and mix, mix, mix. Now, of course, we gotta get in there and actually do it because, you know, sometimes he's doing it like up here or like not really mixing everything and we like, we, don't act, we wanna actually have like edible food when we finish it. And so we get in there and mix it for him, mix it for him, And when you're making something, it's all about what you put in, right? So think about, you know, we were making some brownies, chocolate brownies. Maybe you want to make a chocolate cake, right? You put all the stuff in that you need, the flour and the milk and eggs and all of that. And there's a very important part. If you want a chocolate cake, you got to put the chocolate flavoring into it, right, to make it chocolate. Now imagine if I was, I'm not a good 
baker or chef, so I would never encourage you to do this. But imagine you ask me, hey, Ryan, would you bake a cake for me? Sure, I'll try. And so when I was, would you bake me a chocolate cake, Pastor Ryan? Sure, I'll try. So I'm in there mixing everything, and I get it all done, and I'm like, all right, it's ready, and I bring it out to you. One of the lessons for this object would be how fast it happens. Some of us think that's how things with God work. But I come out like, all right, here's your cake. And you're like, hey, hey, uh, pastor, (laughs) I uh, hate to break it to you, but that cake is vanilla, not chocolate. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's because I I put vanilla in it. But I said chocolate. Oh, I know. Why didn't you put, I just, I don't know. Or or maybe I forgot. And, you know, I just thought it was going to come out as a chocolate cake. But it came out as vanilla because what I put in it, right? Now, this is a very goofy example, but a lot of us approach our life this way, where we're like, okay, I really want a chocolate cake, or I really really want a fulfilled life. I really want healthy relationships. I really want to see God do something. I really want to trust God. I really want to, you know, give church a chance. I want to give God a chance. And then we mix, 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 but we put in the wrong ingredients, and what comes out is something that disconnection or distance or disagreement, or frustration, or feeling isolated and lonely. And I would tell you, if you come up to me or my wife or one of our leaders and say, hey, I'm, just, I'm not really, I, I'm giving God a chance, but I just don't feel him. Oh, awesome, well, I know you've been mixing, but what have you put in? Have you been coming to church? Uh, well, I'm pretty busy, Pastor. I got a, got a pretty, pretty busy schedule. Almost one day a week, Sunday mornings, for like, you know, 65, 70 minutes. I know, but you, you don't know what's like. Okay, well, if you're too busy for one hour, you're going to probably be seeing a therapist and a counselor pretty soon, so we'll be here when you're ready to come back. I'm, not, I'm just saying you truthfully and honestly, what did you put in? And the things that you put in are spending time in God's house with his community. Maybe you come up in a few months and you're like, you know, pastor, I'm just, I'm feeling disconnected. I've been mixing, but I'm feeling disconnected from people. Awesome. Have you ever been to a circle small group? No. Oh, well, that's kind of important. That's kind of important to get around people who are going through the same things that you're going through. Yeah, but again, you know, I know your schedule's crazy. Everybody's busy, but busyness is a choice. Boredom is a choice. What happens with our schedules is a choice. And so I would commit to you as we lead into Circle Sunday, why do you make a key ingredient for 2022 is getting in community, getting out just of a row experience of church and getting into a circle experience. Hey, you come up in a few months faster. I'm just so stressed out about my financial situation. Awesome. Well, have you been trusting God in that area? Oh, no, I can't. Well, I know the reason you're worried about that is because you're trying to take it on on your own strength. And God will not force himself into anything that he's not invited into. So why don't you make an ingredient this year of trusting God with your generosity, trusting God with your finances, and see what he mixes up and see what comes out. You can't expect the chocolate cake to come out when you don't put the chocolate in. You can't expect freedom and fulfillment and purpose to come out of the oven of your life when all you've put in is busyness, selfishness, pride, and continually doing your own thing. Does that help anyone? I know that's hard, but does that help you today? I hope that helps you today. And I wanna give you four things. I wanna give you four things to do real quick as we close. Four things this year that I know you need from God. The first thing is, we all need a fresh revelation from God. We need a fresh revelation from our Heavenly Father. I think this idea of fresh is so key. When we think about uh, the Israelites back in the book of Exodus, in the beginning when, when God was bringing the Israelites out of slavery of Egypt, he was providing for them in the wilderness. They were hungry. 
I mean, about, I mean, imagine those times when you're super hungry, you're hangry, and you just got to get something to, or else you're going to kill somebody, right? That's kind of where the Israelites were at. They were wandering through the wilderness, and they needed something. And they cried out to God, God, would you provide for us? And he has this thing rained down from heaven that's called manna, which literally means what is it, but they just ate it anyway because it was pretty good. But there was a very important instruction that God said, do not save anything overnight. Use whatever I've given you and don't save any, don't have any leftovers. Here's why he was telling them that. Because the next morning, manna was gonna rain down from heaven again and they were gonna be provided for. Anybody that tried to keep the manna overnight, they woke, up, they woke up to a smell intent because that manna was rotten and was infested with all this gross stuff because God told them, hey, don't settle. Don't just wait for the one thing to satisfy you forever. See, the one thing I want from you is, you know, I believe you can get a revelation from the Lord today, right now, here in this place, here in this church, but you need that fresh revelation tomorrow in your personal life. You need that fresh revelation from God in your times in the word and in your times praying. I need to encourage you to realize that you can grab a hold of your Bible and your Spotify worship list and have a revelation from God in those moments. In Proverbs 29, 29 18, the wisest guy to ever live, Solomon, he wrote this. He says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. How can you expect yourself to have restraint this year and not do those things you hate doing or really move your life in a new direction if you have no revelation? If you have no revelation, you cast off restraint. Why? Because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. The most watched TED Talk of all time, start with why. It's not what I'm doing, it's not how I'm doing it, it's why am I doing it. When it's those difficult Sundays where we're setting up and things aren't going right, I have to remind myself and remind our team, why are we doing this? What is our revelation of doing this? It's because we're here to bring the hope of Jesus local. Not just to set up a church, not just to perform and, and do some stuff, but because we know that what's gonna happen today could lead to someone's life changing and family generations going in a completely different direction. That's a revelation, so we cast off the restraint of busyness and stress and fear. You cast off the restraint of just doing things willingly that you know you shouldn't do because you know that's not who you are. I want you to know today, it is promised in scripture that in Jesus there is no condemnation. When you are in Christ, there is no more pointing finger God saying, look what you've done. Now when you trust Jesus, it's look what Jesus has done and here I am with God right now. It's amazing, there's no condemnation. And it's a sense that we can walk freely in this. You're not condemned, but there is more to you. So God uses this thing called conviction. When you're doing or, see, or looking at things you know you're not supposed to be looking at, he convicts you and says, hey, that's not who you really are. That's not who I created you to be. Not in a sense of trying to demean you or push you down, but saying you're so much more than this. Local city, can I speak to you today? Can I speak into the camera today? And say, local city, you're so much more than this. And you need to have a fresh revelation for who God created you to be. Revelation that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus who has conquered sin and death on the cross and is alive today. A fresh revelation that if God is for you, who can be against you? A fresh revelation that we believe in the God who is a God of more than enough that can do more than we ask, think, or imagine. That we trust a God who has died for us while we were yet sinners. Jesus gave his life for us. We need a fresh revelation that causes us to live upwards and towards who we really are. So we restrain ourselves to say, 
I'm not settling for anything less than what God created me to be. Come on, if you're believing that for this year, let's step into it together. The second thing is this, is that we need to have faith for the future. Write these three words down for me as you write the word faith down. I want you to write down trust, confidence, and belief. What is the definition of faith? I have trust in who God is, confidence that he can, and belief that no matter what my circumstances, God will, period. That is faith. And I'm gonna have faith for the future. I've been really, during my journaling time during the 21 days, I honestly have been asking God, God, how do we get here? <laughs> how did we make it through some of the things that we've made it through? And I was thinking about 2020, and again, we know that year, we know what it meant, we know what 2021 has meant, we know all of it. And I'm always asking God, God, how do we make it through? How did our church make it through? How do we almost quadruple our heart for the house offering in a time where inflation's crazy, and how did we get there? How have we done this? And I definitely heard God write to me as I wrote it down in my journal, because you started all those years off with me. You started those years off in prayer and fasting, trusting me first and foremost. You poured into your faith because I knew your faith was gonna have to be poured out a lot through the rest of the year. Faith for the future, knowing that there is hope, knowing that God can do more, knowing that God is a good God who leads us and guides us, guides us into all these amazing things. I want you to have faith for the future today. I want you to have faith for your family's future. I want you to have faith for your personal life and your personal relationship with Jesus. In Mark chapter nine, we see a story of a father bringing his son to Jesus. And his son is almost demon-possessed in the sense of he's hurting himself. And, and this man brings his son to Jesus and he says this. He says, if you can heal him, if you can, would you? And here's what Jesus says. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And so the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Where do we need faith today? In our unbelief. In realizing that I have trust in who God is, confidence in that he can, and I'm believing that he will no matter what. I have faith for the future, just like this father. God, help me. What does he say? He doesn't say, I, I do believe you can, so will you heal my son? He says, I do believe you can. Will you help me overcome my unbelief? I'm believing today and for 2022 local city church for your life and for your family that we're going to overcome those areas of our life where we haven't fully believed God is who he says he is. I'm praying that we're going to overcome the areas that we haven't trusted God with, those areas that might be burdening, burdening us down and weighing us down. We're going to say, you know what, God? I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you can, I believe you will, and I believe that my life is way more protected and secure when I'm in your hands than when I'm in my own hands. I have faith for the future that no matter what comes my way, from now on, I will face this life, face this world knowing that if God is for me, who can be against me? That the creator God, my heavenly father, is on my side no matter what. Come on, when you wake up with that faith, you will see a bright future. When you wake up with that faith, nothing can veer you off what God's doing. Third thing is, as we begin to close out in these last few minutes, is a renewed mind. A renewed mind. You will always be a victim to your thought life. As I, as I invite the worship team back up here, you will always be a victim to what goes on up here. Your life will never change until you change the way that you think. 
It's that old phrase, gotta get rid of that stinking thinking, right? If our thought lives stink, our life is not going to be in the, going in the direction it should. See, the, uh, God and the enemy, the, Satan, like they're competing over one thing, and that's your thought life. That's competing what goes on up here. It happened at the very beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve and placed them in paradise where they walked hand in hand with their heavenly father, God. Satan shows up and says to Eve, did God really say that? He began to attack her mind, attack her thought life. And he knew if he could do that, her actions would follow. We need to have a renewed mind to realize the enemy is always trying to trick us up here. Because what happens just a few verses later, Adam and Eve sin, they, they mess up, they realize they're naked in the garden and they feel shame. And they run to cover themselves. And God comes to find them in the same exact place where they were once walking in paradise with God. Now they are hiding from that same God. It's amazing what shame can do in our life. And finally, Adam stands up and says, we're, we're right here, God. We hid because we were naked. Here's what God says, who told you that? Who told you that you were this way? It certainly wasn't me, and I'm the one who created you. So I kinda have the last rights and authority on telling you who you are. I want you to know today that you can have a renewed mind, change the way that you think, to change the way that you direct your life. I know our life is full of a lot of emotions and feelings, but can I encourage you today to make this declaration in your life? For 2022, my choices are going to lead and my feelings will follow. I may feel this way, but I'm choosing God. I may, my emotions may be weighing me down, but I'm choosing God. And listen, we're not a church that says, we're too blessed to be stressed, life is great. No, life is hard, we are stressed sometimes. But we're also not gonna be a church that identifies with being a victim and not a victor in Christ. See, what Matthew does is he sits at his tax collector booth and we're running out of time. I had a little example for you, but I'll just tell you. He sits at his booth and said tax collector on it. He was identifying as a victim. I've been betrayed by my people, so I'm gonna hurt them back, but steal from them. I'm gonna sit in this booth and this booth is gonna follow this guy, Jesus, wherever he goes. Because I'm, I'm gonna find these people because they hurt me. I'm gonna collect from them what they took from me. And he weared it as a badge of honor, this victimhood. It was until Jesus said, hey, will you get up? Come follow me. That's not who you are. See, maybe some of us, were not sitting at a booth that says tax collector. But we're sitting at a booth that says, I am anxious. I am afraid. I am busy. I am uncomfortable. Alone. And we are a church that believes in the, in the power of having conversation over mental health. But I got to encourage you, local city, for 2022, there's a big walking the line temptation right now of to be so identifying with our victimizing things that we forget who we really are. That we forget that we have victory in the cross. That we have victory in the Son of God who conquered death. That we have to realize that, you know what? I've been through this, but it's not who I am. I've dealt with this, but it's not who I am. The Bible says I have victory in Jesus who defeated the grave. The Bible says that I can walk freely 
and forgiven and confident that God hears me when I pray, that God shows up when I worship and is guiding my steps because I'm gonna trust in Him. I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. My renewed mind is trusting in God first and foremost. I would encourage you, sometimes we think things that are good, which is truly, that's great, good things are good. But I would never wanna settle for a good thing over a God thing. And sometimes God things are uncomfortable. Sometimes they're difficult. I mean, it's growth track step two today. And it's difficult maybe to hang out for a few minutes and maybe you'd be afraid of like getting connected here and serving with your purpose. But I wanna tell you today, your renewed mind understands that I gotta be a part of God things in my life. Even when I wanna say no, even when I wanna give up, even when, it get, even when it gets difficult. How many times have I said no in my life, God, right before you were about to bring a breakthrough? My renewed mind tells me now I'm trusting in God. I'm identifying as a vict victory person because of what Jesus has done. Here's what it says in scripture about this. It tells us here in Romans 12 too that do not follow the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. It leads into the last one is that the renewed mind helps us move into a life full of thankfulness. It's the last thing to write down. Life full of thankfulness. It's that attitude of gratitude that can change everything. It's the fact that I don't deserve what I got, but I have it and I'm gonna be thankful for it. It's realizing that God, everything that I have in my life, from the breath in my lungs, to my family, to my church, to my friends, my community, to the purposes and talents that, I'm, that I have, it's all because of you. No better posture than to be thankful. Guess what? You can't really mess with a thankful person. So you walk up to someone who's complaining, you can just feed into that. Ah, life's hard, life's difficult. I know it is, yeah. But if you walk into someone who's thankful, man, I'm going through something, but it's a beautiful day outside. I've got to bust out my winter wear on this 30 degree morning. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I get to feel that freshness of breeze and wind. You can't bother a person that's thankful. You can't bother a person who's who's grateful for what they have because their perspective is on bigger than just what they see. It's on what they know, that God's blessed them, God's given them good things. In one of my favorite books of the Bible, in Colossians chapter two, it says this, it'll be up on the screen. It says, and just now as you accepted Christ, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I want you to grow some roots this year so that no matter what storm comes in, from now on, you know you're not getting knocked down. That you may be pressed, but you're not crushed. You may be persecuted, but you're not abandoned because your God is on your side. I want you to know today, whether you believe in God or not, He believes in you. He believes in what you're capable of. I want to share with you a story from the Bible as we finish, and I give you one last practical thing. The story of these guys who are 10 lepers. Leprosy was a terrible disease back in Jesus' time. It's hurtful sores all over your body and you were cast out of society. And the Bible tells us Jesus in, in the book of Luke was walking from Galilee to Samaria, which both of those areas, both of those people were considered to not be, that God was not accessible for them. God was not approachable for them because they were unclean, they were cast out people. Jesus is walking here, a mixed outcast, the outsiders to bring them in and invite them in. And he's walking by, 10 guys who are suffering from leprosy cry out and say, Jesus, we need your help. 
And they show up to Jesus and they say, we've been dealing with leprosy our entire lives. We've been separated from our families, cast out of civilization. Would you help us? Here's what it says in the book of Luke. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were healed and cleansed. I want you to know today, where does healing come from? As you go. Blessing is on the other side of obedience. And I'm just encouraging you to obey and trust God today and follow him. As they went, they were healed. I want you to know today, healing may not happen in a moment, but as you go, you will be healed. After every Sunday, we have our prayer team come up here at these tables. I want you to know today, come up and receive prayer if you need it. Because as you go, you'll be confident knowing God is doing something in you. He's cleansing you from all those negative thoughts and that toxicity in your life. He's healing you and freeing you and moving you forward as you go. Crying out, God, heal us. And he did. But in the next verse, it tells us that nine of those 10, they went out to brunch on their own, just hanging out, celebrating they were healed. One guy out of the 10, when he saw that he was healed, immediately came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. What does that last line mean? This was the guy who knew he didn't deserve it. This was the guy who knew and had heard his whole life. Not only was he a leper, but he was a Samaritan, meaning God wanted nothing to do with him and people wanted nothing to do with him. But in the same desperation, that same lowness of his sickness, he cried out, Jesus, heal me. He comes back and now is shouting, praise God, I am healed. See, the key to 2022 is that in my highs and my lows, no matter what, I'm always going to be the one that comes back to Jesus and says, you know what? Praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, he's on my side. Praise Jesus that he's with me. I could not do this without my, on my own. I could not do this without my best friend. He's my savior and my life is full of thankfulness. And here's the, here's the tool for this year. A lot of us have a, this is something you have to do this week. This is for tomorrow. A lot of us have a word for this year, whether it's strength or consistency, whatever it is. Like I said, the worship team can join me out here. We're gonna close in a song in just a second. But whatever that word for the year is, it's good, but it has to move into a thought, which has to move into a statement. So I wanted to share with you mine. I wanted to be open with you. Here's what my word is. My word is grow. From now on, I'm gonna grow. And my thought is right around that verse from Colossians 2, that my faith would grow strong. And the statement I'm telling myself every day is I will grow. No matter what the excuses are, no matter what the reasons may be, no matter what good things may be in front of me, I'm gonna grow into the God things that he has for me. I'm gonna grow, my faith will grow strong. Today, I'm going to grow. If you believe that today and are ready for a from now on lifestyle, would you clap your hands and stand up with me today as we finish?